This is a podcast about music if you really love music. Let's begin. Welcome to In a State. Hello music lovers and obsessives from all parts known and unknown. Welcome to Interstate Podcast, this is Porter Block coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. Where today, um, my guests are an incredible sibling rocking duo known as Jocelyn and Chris Arndt, set to release their new studio album, Fun in the Fight, which is due at the end of February. Their music and talent have been likened to some of the greats in rock history, and it draws inspiration from an eclectic classic rock catalog. I'm going to let these guys speak for themselves. I went and got bit by the microphone. Now I got the lead in my blood and the heart in my tone. What they do is familiar, but actually very fresh. Uh, and behind their writing and performances, there's a family there. And they've been playing and writing music together since they were kids. It feels a really pent up and a, about to blow a gasket. It can be anthemic, bluesy, funky, jam bandy, solemn, meditative. Jocelyn and Chris Arndt, welcome to In a State Podcast. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much for having <laughs> so us. So nice of you. The introduction is generally the longest uh, bit. No, um, <laughs> you guys are great. You played a gig last night, and we'll talk about it. I just want to, before we get into the record, um, let people know a little bit about where you come from. Um, Jocelyn, you sing and play piano. Chris, um, you're the guitar riff maker extraordinaire in interviews that i've read you said you owe a lot to your parents support they had a cd collection which you listened to and i i wanted to just ask you what was it that you heard that turned you into music lovers and did you ever seek other forms of art and expression other than music what what was it that turned you on to it the cd collection i mean was huge um because it was kind of something we could do as a family where we'd go in and like we have a rule in the art household that you can't have dinner without music playing in the background. First off, because we all hate the sound of chewing, but second, because <laughs> the music is really important. So we'd go in and we'd pick, like, you know, and, and, and when Chris and I were little, it was mostly about, like, who had the coolest album cover. So, like, Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf <laughs> got played a lot. It's <laughs> a great album cover. You know, like, we'd pick Bare Naked Ladies, we'd pick Natalie Merchant off the shelf, you know, Aretha Franklin, and just kind of, as we ate dinner, we'd, like, listen to the album, and by the time dinner was over, the album was wrapping up, and we'd talk about it, and, you know, maybe play it again if we really liked it. So it was, it was always, I think for us, music was always kind of something we did with the family. You see, that kind of carries over to today, where Chris and I are doing music as a team, and we always have been a team. I followed you forever, you've known it for you guys played as your first gig, I think, Stairway to Heaven. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, I'm trying to picture you two guys in front of a crowd of people who are probably waiting for an Aaron Carter or a Lizzie McGuire classic. And there you come up and you play Stairway to Heaven. I mean... Yeah, so that's actually, that's a pretty funny story. The way we decided to play Stairway to Heaven was um, about six months before that talent show. We hadn't ever like really played out before as a group Never, or anything, no. and I, I decided that I wanted to write a song. 
and I was really into classical guitar at the time. Um, so I wrote a song that was pretty directly inspired by this piece called Romanza. And um, my father was like, that's Stairway to Heaven. And um, we played it, and then we listened to the record, and then we played it, and I was like, yeah, that's Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> and so I just was like, oh, well, if, if I just wrote the first part of it, I should just learn the rest of the song. So I did, and then we put it together, and then we ended up performing it, and it was just, it was so much fun. I know you have a kind of fan base on Facebook. You brand them Cool Kids, which I love. Yeah. And I think that pokes fun maybe, don't get mad at me, but you were kind of art nerds in a way. For sure. Definitely. And, and so... Um, I'm just wondering, in your high school, performing and getting out in front of a crowd yeah. is something that you do. Was it well-received? We, uh, I mean, it was kind of surreal, right? These, like, 12-year-old kids walk out and start playing Stairway. And I think everybody thought, like, oh, they're just going to do the beginning part. And then everybody thought, oh, they're just going to do a couple verses when the vocals come in. And then everybody was like, oh, they're really doing the whole thing. I know right? you did this. I'm sure you did the solo. <laughs> I, I you did, did my the best. solo, note for note, and it was great. You guys actually published Spotify playlists yes. online and yes. I see you making them which is really cool <laughs> a lot of artists sort of expose their own content exclusively online you also did a live uh, broadcast of a rehearsal for this gig you use social media just tell me a little bit about you know what that's about and connecting with your fan base through social media we definitely we I mean we try to reach out make it as interactive as possible because you know in, in the end we're we're not making music in a vacuum you know we're, we're playing for people inspired by people so it's i think it's awesome to be able to to make a playlist and have people contribute and say this is what is in my ears right now what's in your ears right now because first of all we end up i mean i don't know how many times someone's commented like you should check out this song and i listen to it i'm like dang that's a great song you know like there's always so much good music out there that deserves to be listened to it's cool to kind of open up the creative process to people and and have them see the behind the scenes action too it's fun the rehearsal we were talking about, you guys did acoustically. We were just talking. There was a stand-up bass player. Yeah. Your producer, drummer, laying that foundation. You're playing that Gibson acoustic, that hummingbird or whatever it is that I love. Oh, I love that. It's actually, it's a D'Angelico, um, but it's 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 probably my favorite acoustic guitar that I've ever played. I love that thing. Let's talk about your record. So you guys work really hard. I think this is the third full-length record. Yeah. Yes. Man, I can't believe that. Uh, oh. A couple of EPs, a live record. In an interview, Jocelyn, you mentioned the importance of privacy during the creation process. Do you feel vulnerable when you guys are writing or in the, in the middle of writing? Um, I think when we're writing songs, it's like we're probably at our most vulnerable. You know, because we're trying to put together the words in a new way and, and, and tell some story that's going to make people feel something. But I feel like in order to make people feel something, you have to be feeling it yourself. So you got to kind of put yourself through the ringer a little bit. And we're always trying to make a better song and you know just just play the game better Chris and I write everything together and and we bring it into the studio and then we've got David over here who you know is part of the part of the whole songwriting team and he comes in and we kind of we're all kind of equal partners in every song which is awesome because we've been working together now a long time six years six years five years (laughs) we've always since the beginning since we started really seriously recording music like it's always been with David and with White Lake and and with Bridge Road so I feel like we all know each other really well like we're really lucky in that regard because we all kind of know how each other works tell me about this this process of songwriting which I always ask people about journaling ideas or is it more improving like off of Chris your riffs how does that all work how do you guys bake the cake it's definitely a little bit of both so um every song 
Jocelyn and I write everything together. So basically the way it works is either I will have an idea for like a chord progression or a riff or something that I like, or she'll have an idea for something that she likes. And my, my ideas mostly just come from me messing around and going, oh, I like that. I'm going to refine it a little bit. I think Jocelyn does a little bit more of the journaling kind of thing you were talking about. But once one of us has an idea that we think will make a good song, um, we immediately take it to the other one, and then we just kind of keep throwing things at it until they stick, and just keep doing that until we've got like a, a four-minute piece of music Do you guys that we use like. technology? Do you use Pro Tools, or do you have some sort of demo? Do you record it? We usually, iPhone it? I mean, usually the first time the studio and the first time we bring it to David, we just play it for him, because I think the rule is that if it sounds good like that, it's a good sign for the song. There's a song on the record Go, which I guess was your prior record, um, Red Stops Traffic, which is a, really a great song. Um, it feels like the acoustic kind of bluesy riff, Chris, that you lay on there sets this very meditative, laconic kind of tension over which, Jocelyn, you sing a very I like that. amazing, <laughs> yeah, tawdry awesome song of portrayal. He says he'll take me dancing, yeah, he's gonna set things right, but then he rings to say he's sorry, he can't sneak away tonight, he's gotta go, don't wanna know who's on the other line, cause I may be old, but his arms were never mine, you're causing a You're definitely right to pick up on the riff because I feel like the riff is is like the heartbeat of that song. For um, sure. So once we came up with the riff, I think everything is kind of built on top of that. And and like like you said, it kind of it builds like it's very it's like restrained at first and then there's kind of that outburst, but then it kind of comes back at the end. Like like you know, and I think that kind of matches the theme of the song. Another track off that record, Footprints on the Moon. I know what you're thinking you don't need I'd be better off chasing my tail on the ground. Really inspirational, aspirational um, song, and I just think it's it's very subtly cool. Um, it's the first Thank track you. off that record. Yeah, it felt um, like a good way to start the album. Yeah, uh, so um, any reaction that that song charted, right? I mean, that was also yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was on the AAA and. Um, Radio is still maybe around. I, do you guys? Oh, it's around. Yeah, it's you use it. Do you, do you gain a lot of new listeners? Absolutely. We love AAA radio. Oh my, you know, it's kind of weird for for kids our age to be writing music like this. I, I feel like you know. So sometimes we feel like we're a little bit isolated. But I feel like as soon as we found out about AAA radio, it's like we found a home for our music. It just really like it clicked. Like this is like they get us. You know. So like we can we can send this record out and. And I know we've got friends in AAA radio that are going to hopefully love it and spin it. And
Jocelyn, I know that you turned down the opportunity to pursue the voice, yeah. which is great. And I, I think it, um, it takes integrity and chutzpah. Pursuing this as being a contestant in a show is not really what you're going for. Did people question your decision to turn that down? I mean, you know, there's always, a, a, you know, occasionally I get like, wow, you're so good. You should be on The Voice. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, I, I guess I could have been. But you know, I think people are generally pretty understanding, as, especially after they've listened to the music and they've, they've seen us perform together that, like, you know, this is about being the artist we are, which is both of us on stage doing original music, you know. And so it's, it's, it's really flattering to be asked to be on a, a show like that. And, of course, like, you watch it, the talent's insane. It's a great opportunity, and for some people, it's the right opportunity yeah, for us and for our original music, like, it's not just about my voice. It's about us. It's about Chris's guitar. It's about the songs that we write, the team that we have. You know, that, that's what it's all about for us. You've done a lot of touring. You've played some pretty big gigs. Mountain Jam, Sundance, I guess, as yeah. a feature gig. There's probably some lonely outposts and bar gigs along the way that are not Always. as glamorous. Do you like playing it live, or is it is the day... a kind of like how do we waste time until we can get up there and play it i think it's i mean it's always a blessing to be able to go out and play music yeah, like regardless every show is a blessing yeah. some shows are maybe more of a blessing <laughs> than other shows yeah for sure. we definitely have you know there's some horror <laughs> stories about laughing. Yep. Yep. you know a doorman here had a tempered tantrum and a black belt or like you know like 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 you know something where the load-in dock was locked until 20 minutes before the show or because there was a show this past tour where we had a we had a break problem so we were supposed to load in five hours before the show and we ended up getting there 20 minutes after the show was supposed to start um and and it's like the stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) i mean it's a part of what makes being on the road such an exciting lifestyle in the moment it's always stressful, and I'm like, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. But then, you know, you, you kind of get a few songs into the show, and, and you realize that you're playing music, and people are paying you, and it's just your dream, and that's the most amazing thing I think anyone could do. This new record seems like a real step forward in a lot of ways. Um, can't get you out of my head. I mean, that's crazy. Um, one of the many great tracks on Fun in the Fight. I know you talked about it before, but just talk a little bit about that title and what's behind it, Fun in the Fight. So it comes from, uh, the Fun in the Fight comes from a lyric uh, from a song called Kill in the Cure, which is on the album, which is one of our our personal favorites and one we've been playing out live and it's been going really well because we just get into it. But I think more than that, when we were kind of like thinking, oh my gosh, it's our third full length, like what are we going to name it? We were going through the lyrics and the songs and thinking if there's anything we thought stood out. And that kind of stood out to us as like, you know, everything we're doing like feels like. What about some of the contributors on this record? I know that there are some other players and some people who've come in and augmented the your normal lineup. Yeah, no, so we're really blessed. I know Jocelyn earlier mentioned that we've got a great working relationship with David and... He's, he's our producer. He's also our drummer. Um, and he works at White Lake, which is where we record. Um, but on top of that, he's got a lot of great connections in the industry. Um, so he's been able to get people who are just the best, like just absolutely incredible players and wonderful human beings to come and play on our stuff. And it's always the most amazing thing. I know the first time it ever happened, um, it was G-Love, and we were he was recording Blues Harmonica. 
Uh, and so this was sick. like three or four years ago now, and and it was the first time we'd ever had somebody like that play on our stuff. So we had no idea how it was gonna go. I was like, I kind of thought he was just gonna be there for the paycheck, and he was just gonna like put down like five or six tracks, and then be like, all right, my twenty minutes are up, time to go. But he spent. He wanted to go more than the time that we paid him for. He just kept going, and he's like, "Oh, I want to like nail that part a little bit better." And I think every experience we've had since then, we've we've worked with Denny Lewis from Government Mule a bunch of times, he's and on this um, we worked with Corey Wong from Wolfpack on this record, and uh, they're both just and Bo so as well. great. Bo Sasser from Kung Fu, yeah, he's oh, there yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. It's it's really it's it's honestly it's like the best compliment we could ever get if someone like that who's like we respect so much can come in and like like connect with our music and add something different to it that like maybe we didn't you know like like it's so cool to see what other people can do with your songs it's amazing sometimes we do a little musical bit at the end that is inspired by the interview okay what's like the first thought that comes to your head like a song to play or like like a song to play okay that's perfect like rainy day like all work and no play like getting away it's like strumming a guitar when i got something to say like a song to play like a song to play like a song like a song like a song could have gone on for hours with these two whose combined age is less than yours truly i gotta say that they're both wonderful people and it gives me faith in the future of western civilization that kids their age are actually making music like this there's only a few of them but they're doing it and um they're being supported at least temporarily by AAA radio and i think pretty soon the music industry in general thanks to chris and to jocelyn and to david for supervising and for Surefire Media for setting the whole thing up. This is Porter Block broadcasting from New York City. If you're listening to this, you're in a state.